The Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And what a week it has already been uh, recovering pretty much, actually, for the most part from last Friday's fifth birthday party. I'm so grateful um, that so many of you came to join us here at The Hub um, for Birthday Cake and Bubbles. It was a beautiful um, sort of finisher, I suppose, um, to the end of a wonderful week. And this week, I'm very, very excited to be joined by somebody completely different um, who is the editor, owner of Ibiza Style magazine. And the magazine has been in uh, production since 2006. So we're getting on for the best part of two decades. And I'm joined by Mart Stuck. Ah, uh, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Did I put you on the spot? Yeah. <laughs> or good afternoon. Good afternoon, wherever you are. <laughs> it's good morning somewhere. Yes, always. I mean, good morning is always um, a nice... Way to begin? <laughs> I mean, in, in Ibiza in summer, to be honest, you can say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, because basically there's always someone getting out of bed somewhere. It is true. Yeah, I think we're not quite there yet, because obviously, um, you know, spring has not quite yet sprung. It almost feels like it has. We've had a rocky couple of months with it being rather chilly um, for Ibiza kind of weather uh, watchers out there that probably um, you know have noticed that things have been a little bit cooler than usual um, but I think everyone's just you know they're not quite in their flow per se I mean the summer is a very lovely time of year when you feel I think a bit alert and kind of in the thick of things and I'm sure in your line of work is incredibly busy and there's a lot going on but it's kind of you know that betwixt and between period between sort of winter and spring right now so nobody's really firing on all cylinders quite yet Yes, of course. I mean, the winter was like, we just finished the season and we already start the next one. The time is passing so fast. I I cannot believe this. I mean, to prepare, it's now it's the, the worst part to prepare the magazine, getting the advertisers on board and um, doing these kind of things. But when the season comes closer, the interesting part will be getting the stories together, getting the nice uh, pictures, uh, do the fashion editorials, meet interesting people, and yeah, put put all the things together. So this is um, this is the most fun part of the magazine, and uh, looking very much forward to it. I mean, you've been working, as you said, um, when we were chatting a moment a moment ago, that, you know, you've been there right since the very beginning of Ibiza Style magazine. Describe the scene for us. You know, what was it that, you know, attracted you perhaps to, to you know, moving countries to work for a magazine like Ibiza Style? The, the story is um, quite easy. It, it was the flow of life. Everything came come together and then... I moved to Ibiza and it was quite easy to come here. There was no nothing to organize big things or some problems or whatever. It was easy. Even I missed the flight, my flight, uh, they, I, I didn't get the information that the pli- flight was earlier. So I came there with uh, the my office share 
<laughs> wanted to bring as as the uh, sports luggage, and I was at the counter, and they told me, ah, oh, this flight was was in the morning, so we have to find another flight for you, and then and I could could leave the chair somewhere and some other boxes because it was too much, and then I got the flight with. Maybe it was just me and one other person on that flight. It was in in December, and um, yeah, then I came here and citizen of Ibiza. <laughs> you in your office chair. What was it that made you think it was important to bring your own chair with you, just out of interest? Um. So I mean, it's it's a lot of work, and to have a proper chair. A proper desk is is important. I mean, yeah. And it just says a lot about you that you would bring your own chair. I find that quite intriguing. I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know, maybe someone that's into interior design or, you know, maybe bought a very nice chair um, or perhaps had a back issue. I just wondered what it was. I mean, the, the, the chair was the last thing I brought because I wanted to have it immediately to start the magazine to work on 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 the computer the all the other stuff was with the with the trucks coming um the professionals they 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 brought it but the share I wanted to have immediately i mean nothing s- special but compared to what you find in ibiza 20 years back was a good one so what were you doing or where were you living in germany before you came here I was working in um advertising agency so for like 10 years or so and before that in nightlife and I studied physics so it's kind of roller coaster <laughs> lots of interests yes what were you doing in the world of nightlife that's a very broad term um I was running restaurant bar now it was more bistro bar but starting to play music at that days there was no music or just radio or tape we we did kind of DJing there and get the people on the bar dancing on the weekend like really crazy and then um, I was yeah was working in a nightclub and was running this as a manager and then techno was invented and came to my hometown and um, this was another world. Mm. I can imagine you in a techno club. I mean, just describe the scene when techno hit your hometown. Um, okay, there were these guys. They came to me and said, listen, Mart, um, we take over your club in the morning from six when you usually close just tell the cleaning lady to come in the afternoon and we do after hours and then they arrived in the morning and it was amazing it was really amazing people on ecstasy is like it's it's beautiful and dancing they, they put all all the chairs from the bar they put away I said, why, why we do that? No, no, these people, they're dancing everywhere and, and they don't need chairs. So, and it was like this. And I said, wow, cool. 
I was always into music and I liked the this uh, constantly uh, rhythm and rhythm with variations and, and over a long period of time to have this like drum moving trance feeling and this was th there was no music before I was trying to find some um, when I was DJing a little bit and the only music I found was the Brazilian carnivals carnival music so this kind of drums and 8-12 minutes per per song and then yeah techno changed everything <laughs> I think a lot of people would probably say that and um, you know I guess you have nights like Papa Sven playing over here I mean I think he's got quite a lot of gigs actually coming up on Ibiza this summer um, obviously the last few years were a little bit quiet for him but he's definitely you know got some great dates booked in so that's interesting you know how how did techno change your life <laughs> he says with a smirk how techno changed my life I love to party always and I played music and on parties but to have these these really long nights and after party and meet these people and everything it's it was different I mean before there was we had this R&B, we have uh, problems with, with uh, people on the door, fights and everything, and with techno, it was more peaceful, mm. more happiness. Mm. And some, you know, nice interactions, as you say, is like a, a community of people come together. And that's kind of what I like about, I think, the German club scene, specifically in Berlin, you know, the times I visited is... You know, you have these clubs that go on for like days on end and everyone's just, you know, <laughs> kind of milling around as if they're sort of like in a in a shopping mall in parts. It's all very relaxed and seems very friendly. Um, but that's, yeah, kind of, sort of part of the scene, really, which I, f I think is quite unique to any other country in Europe. You know, you don't obviously see elements of that in Ibiza when techno nights happen, but, you know, they're not the norm here necessarily. So I, w I went... I love to go to Berlin. Of course, I know Ewerk, I know Tresor, and I know the KitKat Club on Sundays after parties somewhere in Neukölln. So it was very small. And first time I went there was this girl was open. With, so there's a queuing on Sunday morning at nine o'clock in the morning. So queuing people, you, no signs, no nothing. Some in in some shabby back yard a metal door and then they opened a girl was opening the door and it, hello how are you and uh, you really want to come inside it's quite busy but yeah you're very welcome so I was like oh my god an angel because new absolutely new never had this experience before from from my work in the night was more like this very strong big guys hiding and was was always drama and then yeah after party everyone was really like already in this very special mood and at seven in the evening they switched the light on and one guy in the corner starts cleaning so everybody out everybody out 
starts starts cleaning the club and then yes there was then after I think it was another club limelight and to continue Berlin day and night do you I mean when was the last time you went to a party like that <sighs> no <laughs> <laughs> N- not recently <laughs> no I can't remember I really can't remember I mean I'm, I'm I came here to party as a tourist like probably all of us and when I moved here I stopped a bit because the the possibility to go yeah every day makes or yeah made me a little bit of okay then not today I go tomorrow or ah, the day after tomorrow and then I stopped a little bit and um yeah of course when I when I finished the the magazine then it was my weekend and then yeah a weekend of party and then to dis- try to discover after of course I mean you know when did you I mean, when did you, when you came here to kind of work for the magazine, I mean, how did you even find that job when you were living in Germany? Like, how did the opportunity arise? Um, so, in one point, I didn't like the job in this advertising agency anymore. So, and I was thinking maybe to go to Mallorca to have the sun and the sea and the winter season and um, I prepared my CV and I was sending it out and they wanted to to see me and one friend told me man you're traveling a lot to Ibiza you know Ibiza already why not try to go to Ibiza and then I was thinking of another person he knows the owner of the magazine I said listen I don't know if they are searching or not here's my CV maybe you can give it to, to him and I was booked already for the closings and um, yeah so then I met I met this guy and um, I said okay good when when you can come you have the job so and um, I came to Ibiza in November, I guess. So September, I met this guy. I quit my job before. I was working until November. Then I came here for three weeks to do one magazine. Then I went back to Germany for another three or four weeks. And then I came here. How would you say things have changed on the island since that moment? Because, I mean, that was, you know quite some time ago and the, and there's been a lot of developments I guess since you made that decision yeah so the island is becomes more and more professional before it was kind of ah oh, let's try this let's do that and more not not so so organized there was no internet there was like like very slow speed and I had Telefonica coming to do a cable from my <laughs> from my router to to the to somewhere where where this the distribution to to get me 
a kind of very slow but stable internet connection and um, yeah now it's everything is more professional you can buy nearly everything on the island which, which was impossible like like nearly 20 years ago so even simple things like food like like I remember I'm a big fan of sake so with Richie Horton when he invented his enter sake and and become sake sommelier I thought uh, so this guy a pioneer of electronic dance music is now into sake so what is the thing with sake and I went to Can Pascal this was the only supermarket which I know they have a little bit high price better quality of stuff you can buy there and I bought a bottle there and the taste was like the same I know from the the, the, the sushi restaurants and then I went to my friend's sushi and I got some sake to take away and on the back cover there was Tienda Online from Barcelona and there I, I ordered sake like I don't know how many bottles, but not at once. A box of six, and then I was trying to find out how is, yeah, how it is about, and very expensive one and less pricey. And uh, so I, I found out, um, yeah, how what what is it about with the sake and what you have to spend and what what are the names, the the categories. Um, yeah, and over the over the years now, I mean, now you can buy sake, for example, and we don't go. There are huge variety of sake there, and yeah, this is this is how Ibiza changed. So, in the past, it was more simple. Now you have nearly everything. From simple to sake and uh, one fell swoop of uh, probably just a decade. I mean, it's quite incredible. I do remember actually those parties that he used to host at Space, actually. I think it was Thursdays. And in fact, my very first uh, recorder after swearing I was going to give up radio when I left London, I was bought uh, a new recorder by Charlie Chester at Essential Ibiza. I was working for that magazine when I first arrived here. And I just remember having it in my purse um, with my keys and my lipstick and my wallet and, you know, my credit cards. And I was dancing right at the front. And then, the you know, the kind of the beat dropped and just everyone jumped in the air. And my purse sailed through the air, never to be seen again with all of these incredible interviews on it. And I went back the next day and, of course, they didn't have it. So that was a bit of a heartbreak, actually. But um, those parties, yeah, Richie Horton were actually my absolute favourite um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't done anything on the island for a very long time. I do see him actually in Ben Turner quite a bit at the IMS, you know, wandering around dressed in black like you are today. You look like a techno king. Um, <laughs> I mean, what is, I guess, uh, you know, you must have interviewed a hell of a lot of people through your time um, at, you know, Abitha Style magazine. So I kind of wonder, what would you say is the common thread perhaps between the kinds of people that live here? What's the essence of Abitha that kind of exists, that kind of draws you in and, and makes you want to stay here? Probably making a magazine that I'm sure isn't that easy to do on, in a place like this. So Ibiza is my home. 
I love especially the Ibiza winter time because there you meet the the Ibiza people and this is um a kind of special this party where where you go where you meet these people it's it's amazing there's how to describe this the the easiest way is say it's it's a family meeting it, when when you're on these parties you meet people like constantly new and some of them you take in your in your phone and you you keep the relation but this is at the moment it's amazing speechless it's very difficult to describe i know what you're saying it's yeah. it's some, there's something that is the community perhaps i guess and the way that people interact here in a very open fashion that's different to elsewhere yeah yeah this the open mind the there are very lovely and you feel they have good heart and different to germany perhaps <laughs> never happens in germany <laughs> i mean okay so d- d- go to these after parties on mdma it's a kind of similar situation mm. but when you go to supermarkets or just normal it's more stiff where are you from originally <sighs> i was born in sauerland in Warstein maybe you know Warstein a beer that rings a bell mhm so this is there i was b- born and um nothing much to say about germany so <laughs> party partying in bielefeld <laughs> going to frankfurt going to berlin it seems that you you've kind of you know as you say through your work as the magazine you've kind of found your feet essentially you found your community you get to meet just like I do for making this podcast like extremely interesting people and you get to unravel their story um how do you you know how do you decide who you're going to perhaps invite um to to do an interview for the magazine when this person feels interesting and i mean I'm I'm not a journalist I'm not a writer so when I see there's a story and um me I'm more into pictures and I see okay this cool guy and we can photoshoot him very well and it came out with nice pictures and a good story then um I want to have him on the magazine also I'm a foodie so I love to eat I'm quite skinny but I love to eat and um Yeah, so discover restaurants and places to go. Some some are new, some are like uh, uh, kind of evergreens, but they do still amazing food. Um, yeah, this is this is uh, content-wise uh, something what I like. Also to do this uh, photography, fashion, interior design. I think Ibiza had lots of cool interiors and villas, architecture, a lot of stories. I mean, I could I could do a magazine every month. But you don't. How frequent is the magazine? I, we do three a season. This season. Um, we start in um, June 15 and then we do every six weeks and you are you know part of a team of journalists or are you the who does most of the writing the journalist team so it's like i said me writing no i i do the graphics and i need people 
who can write. And um, I'm, I mean, we are in three languages, so it's an, an extra of translating and... Complicated, very complicated. I mean, I know what you're saying, because I had a podcast myself that I was translating into Spanish every month, and it was almost the death of me, to be honest with you, to try... Um, to translate that myself every month and then obviously get somebody else to present it in Spanish and be me, essentially, um, which, you know, is difficult. It's a, it's a lot of work, but, you know, essentially English is the international language of Ibiza and, you know, Spanish, we are in Spain, obviously, uh, but there's also Catalan is the native language and it's sometimes, you know, the communal language of the, I guess, the integrative population that live, live here is English, so it's kind of important to have that represented in some form. Um, I mean, well, who has been your favourite guest to perhaps interview or to invite onto the magazine pages? I met Pepe Rosseo last season. He's um, an amazing guy. He's so warm-hearted, so, so beautiful person. So this was an honour for me because, yeah, I... Over the years, we had lots of articles about him. I, I read a lot and never met him in person. So this was quite nice yeah, to, to meet him. For those that don't know, and this seems to be cropping up his name a lot on the podcast lately, he's the previous owner of Space. Right. Yeah, Space, space was the opening and closing of Space most probably for lots of people was the place to be. The unwritten rule to go to Ibiza, to be on the terrace, on the old terrace, 11 o'clock on the Sunday for opening and closing. So this was the rule. <laughs> of course we did this. <laughs> I did it too. I was there, yeah, for many, many years of my life for the openings and the closings of space and just with about five million other people just shoulder to shoulder sweat rubbing on sweat i miss those days yes yeah it was fantastic and then we what did what did uh, pepe have to say out of interest what did you speak to him about oh, i have no clue <laughs> <laughs> i don't speak to people i mean i go there and say hello and then usually it's there's an um the journalist he's doing the story i read it and i, I okay it's cool so we need these kind of pictures and then I go to to shoot and um, this is this is what I usually do so I don't speak to them so I have, I have to read it and and find out what was the um, what was the word to answer your question mm. <laughs> so you met him I met him I'd love to meet him, I have to say. And, um, you know, the guy that we had on the podcast two episodes ago, Christian Len Rossell, who wrote a book called Balearic with 84 interviews with people, the legends of Ibiza's club history. So obviously he had a space in there. And that was the first time that somebody mentioned him. But I gather he's opened up a new cafe in San Antonio called Space Eat Dance. Yes. Um, eat and Dance. Space Eat and Dance. Mm. Yeah, this one. So when when we were there, there was uh, Louis Vega was upstairs in the studio. I think that's somewhere I'm going to have to go and check out this summer. I mean, San Antonio uh, is is not a place I frequent as often as I used to because I used to teach yoga at Pikes for for a couple of years. 
Um, and I used to, you know, zip over there, maybe just ca- to catch the odd sunset. But I haven't been there for, I don't even think I made it over there last summer, actually. I just um, couldn't quite find a good reason to go over. But I was interested to see, actually, at Hostel um, La Torre, they had quite a nice lineup for the last week of sunset. And I just didn't really know that that was still kind of an ongoing theme through the winter. Yeah, so this, the, I think they, they're doing a great job. The hostel is, I mean, I, I remember when they opened and people came there and was very nice. The cocktails were terrible, but at that, in the very first beginning, but the place is amazing. I mean, watching sunsets. So when I came here to visit Ibiza, there was the Café del Mar and I loved to go there. And I remember this one night or one evening, so we went there, I was I tried to watch the sunset and people standing in my view and watching in my direction and they give a fuck about sunset. I said, okay, <laughs> this is the last time I go here to watch sunset because this is now entertainment with stupid people they don't want to see sunset and have to find another place so in this that's it and never went back to Café del Mar to see the sunset there I mean it's just chaos o'clock round there around sunset time I think you know back in my 20s we used to go there and source whatever we might require for the night ahead but I think things have changed and it's been gentrified really with all the kind of you know, upscaling of the of the kind of eat and dance cafes and, you know, those kinds of places. But I think, you know, even just a short walk around the corner from there, um, after a trip to the supermarket, you can buy a nice bottle of wine and sit on one of those beautiful benches and you've just got an unobstructed view of the sunset. So I don't know. I guess it, it depends what kind of vibe you're looking for. But what, you know, I think Hostel Latoria is another amazing, amazing spot for sunset. I just love the music and the people that they choose to soundtrack. Um, the whole experience that's for me what makes that place extremely special where do you go to reset if you need to take a moment away from your job I mean is there a special place on the island that you know you frequent perhaps you know to go and take some time out for you so I live in Calador and before all these people discovered Esvedra was this quite cool because I could go with the car down the hill in front of the cliffs and just to breathe. I remember getting drunk after dinner in the car, go down to the cliffs in full moon with my friends just dancing there. There was no one, there was nothing. And okay, now it's good that you cannot drive there anymore because it's too crazy. But for me, I like, for the moment, I like a lot Salinas. I like the view from Salinas, the sand. The, you you can sit close to the beach and you hear the waves and it's very relaxing. And of course, some places secret, <laughs> which I won't tell you. <laughs> I was trying to get it out of you, but you've obviously noticed my game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I totally understand. Some places have to remain sacred and not shared on a public podcast. I totally get that. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of places, though, 
where you can get off the beaten track here. And, you know, one of the number one reasons that I moved here is after I did a walk around the whole island circumference with Toby Clark from Walking Ibiza. And, you know, I fell in love with this island after I combed every single inch of it on foot. And that was kind of when I really realised that I wanted to stay here forever um, and tried my hardest to, to remain so. Which I think, you know, has been sometimes um, a bit of a struggle at times. And I think a lot of people talk about that if they've been here for a while, about, you know, perhaps being on this slightly kind of roller coaster ride that Ibiza can uh, lay down uh, sometimes. I mean, I guess you get that anywhere in the world. But has there been, you know, a bit of a rocky road for you here at times? To find a place to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was searching like for six years to find a place to live. And I was, I was close to leaving the island because it is, come on, it cannot be all this drama. And then you find something, and in summer they, they rented out the the neighbors with this stupid construction with noisy and the the the, the, the holiday people they arrived in the night and doing parties and I mean, I, I do a proper job, so I've, I have somehow a nine to five. I mean, I can still choose yes or no but if there is a deadline I have to deliver and um, I need my peace so it, like I said it took me six years to find this place in Calador now it's without neighbors I can dance naked in the sun so it's <laughs> I put music it's I have my peace I see the sunset I see the sea so yeah this is now perfect but to to go there Hmm. quite difficult <laughs> I was going to say that's a brave move to be living in a place like that I mean it's actually one of my absolute favourite spots on the island but I don't tend to visit there terribly often as you say it's a challenge to get to and it's absolutely miles away from anything but you know whenever you go there um, that odd moment when the fancy takes you and you eat at restaurant Del Carmen in the centre of the beach or even just the one to the far right I mean they're both amazing I in my I'm sure you have a different opinion but you know whenever I just want to kind of go there and have a special whole day of just having a beautiful lunch and obviously that unbelievable view in fact I did a bit of that um you know the kind of the new surfboard that when you hit the kind of the uh, electronic controller it rises up out of the sea and you feel like yeah, that you're on Mount Everest. I mean, it was just insane, actually. And that's, I did try that there last summer. And I just remember thinking, why do I not come down here more often? This is literally the most beautiful view on planet Earth. True. <laughs> you're just a little bit biased as well. And you get to see it every single day. I mean, do you know, do you believe in the magic powers of Esfedra? If you kind of wake up and see it every day, does it get boring? Or do you feel that special connection that everybody talks about I mean you know they talk about it being magnetic and all these different kind of mysteries of like things that have happened to people that have touched it or stood on it or you know the goats that were allegedly murdered on it I mean there's all sorts of you know crazy stories about Esfedra but what's your personal experience of it? So I think the the thing with Esvedra just was that there were no people. When there are no people, it's quite peaceful. Now, it's gone. 
all the people that are coming now, it's it's the same story like uh, with with the Sunset Strip, with with Café Del Mar. So they go there because it's fashion. No one is really there to find peace and and do meditation or just. The people go. They they're already selling drinks there. They put music. They did. It's just okay. It's cool to go. We go to Esvedra and that's it. So. For me, I don't know if there is really something special. It was peaceful when there were no people. This is definitely true. And I must admit, every time I've ever gone there seeking that peaceful sunset moment, there's been a lot of people there. I guess it depends on the time of year. And I and I haven't visited in winter for a really long time. Um Perhaps it is time, actually, being March and, you know, entering or coming up to that busy period where it is going to get busier. But the island just feels like it's busy all the time at the moment. It's not like there's, you know, even now, I wouldn't call this island peaceful per se. I feel like everything is quite busy, which is kind of, you know, a great thing. And I think this is the kind of answer uh, in many ways to the economical and kind of infrastructure issues that the island faces, it does need a more year-round kind of model rather than just like an on and an off. Um, you know, that doesn't seem to make a huge amount of sense in my head and in my personal experience of being being here for a decade. Um, but I'm intrigued as to, you know, what, you know, you say that Ibiza in winter is this kind of magic time of year, but what is it that you find in winter here specifically? When you go out to a party, you meet the Ibiza people. This is this is the thing, and of course, the peace. You can go to a beach, no traffic jam, and you're on your own. <laughs> In summer, you don't have it. It's interesting, though. Like when you get to a beach, as you said, and there's nobody else there, which feels extremely weird kind of amazing but then almost like a little bit lonely sometimes when you go to beach what do you expect a party or peace you want to relax no so and I don't need people around me to relax it's better there's no one in summer it would be amazing if there would no one would be no one so it's it's warm, it's nice, no people. Amazing. I mean, yes, winter is in Ibiza becoming more and more busy, which is good. So on on one hand, yes. On the other hand, it's it's also good to have this winter break for us to recover because the summer is quite ex- intense and um it's it's the the flow of life it it will go like this we cannot do anything we have to adapt to the new situations some is good some is not so good what will you do what what is it that you love or what are you looking forward to this summer specifically of course good stories for the magazine doing interesting productions um <laughs> nice parties. I mean, 
eat, eating out, good restaurants, discover new ones, boat trips to Formentera, helicopter ride, <laughs> the good things in life. What was it that you discovered maybe last year that was new that, you know, maybe your average person that doesn't do a lot of research that comes here to visit in the summer might not have found? Is there any new tips you can give us? I met this guy, Walter, a sushi chef. He runs the the Omakase by Walt. It's a very classic Japanese-style restaurant. It's just a bar, eight seats plus one. I, I don't know you know it. No, no. I, this is amazing. The best sushi in town, I would say. Restaurant also, you get the 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 wet towels to clean your hand to, to get the the sushi with your fingers. It's amazing. From the outside, y- you cannot see it. When when I when I booked the place, I was outside on the street. It was in winter, in the night to get my my guests in. So so here, this is the place because. If you don't know, you cannot find the place. Where is it? It's close to Osario. Yeah, this is Walter. Mm-hmm. I liked Asal. Amazing place in Grand Hotel on the corner to Pasha. The food is fantastic. The people that are running the place are very lovely. I mean, a classic, Esboldado. I like the... In, in Calador, they do the preparation with Gallo. It's It's amazing. I love I love it a lot. So and this year they extend the terrace. So in the back they have the old furniture, like these little wooden chairs and the old tables. They used to be in front of the of the terrace. Now everything is looks so super chic. But in the back is more like simple, mm. and the quality of food is amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think there's a lot of people that, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I'm a creature of habit. I always tend to go to the same three or four or five places on a regular basis. But I think if you're, you know, coming in for the summer, um, it's nice to maybe find somewhere a little bit off the beaten track. So thank you for for giving us the lowdown on that. How would you define, uh, obviously, the name of your magazine is Ibiza Style, but what would you describe the Ibiza Style as in your own words? Ibiza Style, it changed a lot. Um... The, I mean, style out of Ibiza. Okay, m- now more and more professionals in 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 um, in in the fashion industry, they are becoming bigger names outside Ibiza. So you can say, okay, there is an Ibiza style, but Ibiza style in in general is more your own style. So you have the Ibiza style. This is what what you think of Ibiza, I would say. Are you always uh, always in black, like a techno man? Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> With the washing machine, you know. <laughs> Everything is black, so <laughs> you don't have to wait. The white and the black and the color, so black is good. No, well, we're kind of matching. We both had to turn black, so I'm I'm having a black phase at the moment. Perhaps that will change as the as the summer seasons blow in, which I'm very much looking forward to. I do feel like um, things are moving in the right direction. Everyone's 
starting to pick up pace just a tiny bit in the last uh, in the last week. Um, and some very exciting things all set for summer. Um, thank you so much. I don't know if you've come all the way from Calador to have this conversation. If you have, that's very, very lovely of you. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here in the Hub podcast studio. A pleasure. Thank you, Joel. Every day